0: Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. In wisdom. Uh, where am I here? Wednesday, July the 24th of this week. In the devotional, you've probably all read this, but this is what it said. Knowing when to use the right tool. Knowing which tool to use in a given circumstance is 90% of the battle when it comes to learning a new skill or trade. You can have all the tools in the world But if you don't know how and when to use a specific tool, it doesn't do you any good. So that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Having a lot of knowledge or information is like having many tools in your toolbox. But you need wisdom to know when to use and apply the right knowledgeable tool. That's why people sometimes say wisdom is knowledge with experience. Wisdom is knowledge with experience. So today we have some very special people who are going to be sharing. And they have been given clear instructions about the length of time. <laughs> Pastor Randall made it very bold, underlined it in the email and all of that. But what is going to happen now is they're going to be coming one by one, and I will call you up when it's your turn. Uh, first of all, Leroy, would you come? I've got a microphone for you. And he they are sharing for three minutes on a verse that the Lord has laid upon their heart that has proven to give not only knowledge, but wisdom.
1: Thank you, Pastor Wayne. And good morning to all of you. Uh, I'd like to begin by reading a verse of Scripture from James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I'd like to share a short story of something that happened earlier this year and how God gave me wisdom in a situation when I wasn't sure what to do. Uh, Some of you are aware that my wife Lynn and I pastored a small church in Clinton, Ontario, back from 99 to 204. The name of the church is the Heartland Community Church. That church celebrated its 20th anniversary in April of this year. The pastor had called me about a year ago and invited me to preach the anniversary service. I wasn't well at the time, and I declined for personal reasons. And then a second request came. Would Lynn and I come and reminisce and share short stories of what congregational life was like back in 1999 in the early days of the Heartland Church? Uh, Lynn and I were able to do that, and I'll just say that it was a great service. Things went well. We enjoyed the fellowship, and it was a blessing to be there. Uh, I think it was about 24 hours before the time of the service, I got a third request from the pastor. He said that he'd like three pastors uh, that are familiar to the church to come and lead in the closing prayer. Our instructions were that this would be one continuous prayer, but three different pastors or three different people praying uh, that closing prayer. I had a sense that God wanted me to pray uh, words of encouragement, words of blessing, uh, words that would encourage uh, the church and build uh, confidence and faith for the future. And when I prayed, uh, Lord, this was beforehand. I prayed, Lord, you've got to give me wisdom. I, I need to know how you want me to pray in this given situation. And Joshua chapter 1 came to mind. Uh, Those of you that know the scriptures may remember that God spoke to Joshua just prior to them, uh, Joshua leading the Israelites across the Jordan River. And then within days, they took the city of Jericho. I took my Bible and I went to read Joshua chapter 1. And I was convinced after I read that chapter that there were words in there that God spoke to uh, Joshua for him and for the Israelites at that time. I was convinced there was words there, scripture verses, that I was to pray over the Heartland Church. And I was reminded how that many times here at Wilma Center, Pastor Wayne and Pastor Randall have quoted scripture And then prayed that very scripture over the body here. And how that the power and the presence of God just simply settles over us. And I thought, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, you need to be very clear. Uh, I need to know what to pray. I'll fast forward now to our prayer at the end of the service. If you can picture three pastors standing behind the podium here, we had no opportunity to talk to each other and to share our thoughts, what God was speaking to us and how we would pray. I was the second one to pray. I don't know how I started or how I ended, but I do remember the words that God gave me to pray uh, from Joshua chapter one. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you Amen. wherever you go. Amen. And the thing that clinched it for me was that the pastor who had accepted to preach that morning service posted his scriptures up on the uh, screen. And among them was Hebrews thirteen five, Thank which you. reads, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. The Amen. Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid.
0: Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you.
1: None of us could have putn that Amen. put that together on our own. It was clearly the work of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of God that came through to us at that time. Praising. I'll end this by saying God is good and God's word is supreme may the name of the lord be praised
0: praise amen let's say thank you Bernie Bernie's going to be emphasizing
2: Bernie's going to be emphasizing proverbs 4:23 okay good morning the message uh or the passage that I yes I, that I'm going to speak about is Proverbs four verses twenty three, which is, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Okay, my name I've been my name is Bernie Cormier. I've been attending here since 1993, so that's about 26 years. My first marriage was in January of 1977. I had just turned 21. I was young, selfish, driven. I knew about God at that point, but did not know him. It was about, I was about 25 when I made God the Lord of my life. I went to Bible school for three years and graduated in 1990. By that time, we had three children, and all seemed well. We worked in the church. My wife was a missions coordinator, and I was a Bible school teacher. But uh, not all was well. I thought that all was well, but it wasn't. So one Sunday afternoon she came and she told me that she had fallen in love with someone else. Something that I never thought would ever happen to me. The rejection seemed unbearable. My heart was crushed and broken. All I could feel was pain. I was forced to go to God in my brokenness. You see, your heart controls much of your body. Once your physical heart stops, you're dead. Life ceases to exist. When your love, I'll call it your love heart dies, you feel dead also. A broken heart is very painful. I've learned that people hurt each other, but God will never hurt you. Amen. Through it all, I have learned and I teach Proverbs 4:23 Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Wow. When Nancy and I first start started to see each other, I won't say we were dating yet, but we just started seeing each other. I quoted this verse to her and I expected her to follow it. I quoted it to myself and I will quote it to others also. I believe it's very important. Now we did get married in July of 2005 and we have been blessed and and it's been wonderful. Guard means to protect, to be careful what you live in and what you open yourself up to. Guarding your heart means making proper choices. Guarding does not mean harden. Some people I know that have soft hearts have also the hardest hearts. They've opened themselves up and have allowed themselves to get really hurt now looking back my first wife she did confess to me at one point that she never she said that she never thought that it would happen to her and sad to say so far she hasn't come back to God there's a heavy price to pay if you do not guard your heart I've learned to guard my heart and to trust God with it God is a good good father father And I would recommend that you do the same, for he is faithful and he is real. Praise the Lord.
0: Thank you. Has anybody figured out we're talking about wisdom this morning that comes through experience? Carmen. Carmen Ferber. She's going to be sharing on Hebrews 12. One and two.
3: This scripture says Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. A song called Find Us Faithful was released in uh, 1988, sung by Steve Green, and it was based on this scripture. And it made an incredibly powerful impact on my life, giving me a better understanding of this scripture and a real determined um, focus on what my life was to be. The awareness that I'm not just living my life in just this realm, And that those who walk the earth and honoured God throughout the centuries, they're surrounding me. They're surrounding you and cheering us on, giving us an understanding of our choices and the way we live matters. I want to join in that great cloud of witnesses that will encourage and cheer on the faithful that come after me. The song says we're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road and those who've gone before us line the way cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary, their lives a stirring testament of God's sustaining grace. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe and the lives we live inspire them to obey. May all who come behind us find us faithful. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us run the race, not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. After all our hopes and dreams have come and gone, and our children sift through all we've left behind, may the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find. God has blessed us with an abundance of very precious children and now also their families. And it is my desire that when they sift through what I leave behind, they find the love for God and how I live for him is the most impactful thing they discover and that my footprints do lead them to our Lord and Savior. I would encourage you to think on this.
0: Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. When the people you leave behind sift through the things that you've left, what will they find? Is there a secret life? No one knows about right now, but you know about it? Wow. Deal with it now. Deal with it now because the Lord can transform and make it totally different. And you will have an immediate change of that which you're leaving behind, it can be purified, done over, done with, and you can go on to glory and with great reason to rejoice. And those that pick up where you leave off will be able to say, thank God for the grace of God that worked in their life. I want them to work in my life too. Otto, Otto Ferber Carmen's husband's going to come and he's going to be sharing on those verses Ephesians 3.20 and Jeremiah 29 verses 11 to 14
4: Thank you. When I was told only one verse that's kind of like asking our children to pick one flavor of ice cream and when they find out it's free they like them all God speaks to me mainly through his word and Even though over the years I've learned to hide many verses in my heart, God keeps showing me new ones that I never noticed before. As he faithfully leads, corrects, disciplines, and encourages me through his word. In my life, there have been different seasons where different verses have become very important to me. And some have become lifelines, life changers, and even supernatural comforters. I have learned through all that that we must speak God's promises out boldly and in faith as we apply them to every circumstance of life. So I just quickly want to share two of my favorite flavors. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, that is at work within us. And I want to preface this scripture with Hebrews eleven six, where it says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. <clears throat> therefore, and whenever you see or hear a therefore, you have to see what it's there for, The promise in Ephesians 3.20 can only apply to you and me if we are a new creation in Christ and if we are allowing his power to work in us. Then there are no limitations to what God can and will do through you and through me if we allow him to be the Lord of our life. And the second verse ties in with the first one. Jeremiah 29.11 And I know many of you know this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I just wanted to use a little analogy to explain this verse. It's God who has good plans for us. Not the enemy, Satan. Not society. Not this world. Not even our friends. But it's God's plans that will give us hope and a future. And yes, that plan is even worth fighting for. I said fighting because the word says we should fight the good fight of faith. I encourage you, if you're floundering or not sure of the direction of your life, stop, cease, desist, arrete, achtung, anhalten. Turn off that old screen in your mind that keeps replaying. Reboot the computer in your heart. Reprogram your hard drive. And use the software that God has given you, His Word. And then be prepared for the ride of your life. The road of life goes up and down, maybe even sideways sometimes, like a roller coaster. But you always get to your destination. You have to stay in the seat where the supervisor puts you, and your cart must follow the course that's laid out for it. You also have to have faith and trust that the tracks will get you to your destination. But eventually, you arrive. Then your legs might be a little wobbly, but soon you're ready to do it again. Only this time, you have more confidence. And even if you go on a different roller coaster you know that the safety and stability of the platform is just ahead and you trust the tracks to take you there once you arrive take a short breather and go again that's the christian life in a nutshell jesus is our platform or our rock and even if we lose sight of him during the ride we can rest assured the roller coaster he is guiding us along the track of life as we thunder towards our destination. There may be some stops on the way, but after a time of refreshing, we continue on. Trust and obey, for there is no other way. Amen.
0: Wow. Perhaps you wonder, how did this whole event take place today? Not just because Randall wasn't here, but when he was reading in proverbs he came across this verse which you probably read too and that is in proverbs 1631 a gray head is a crown of glory it is found in the way of righteousness not something i got a little ways to go yet but we're going to get there someday but listen folks wisdom comes through experience and we thank the Lord that even though it may be a roller coaster ride, we can gain confidence every time we get on that ride for the next event that's before us, which we don't often know. Dan Schantz is going to come, and he's going to be talking about Proverbs nineteen seventeen. Dan, can you tell us how long you've been here at this church?
5: Well, I was born down the road in Shingletown 73 years ago, and I've been... At no other church, this is always where I've been. <laughs> First uh, verse that I will share with you is Proverbs nineteen seventeen. He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will be rewarded for what he does, what he has done. Uh, <clears throat> many years ago, a long time ago, back in 1980, I believe, a man, missionary to Quito, Ecuador spoke, and he says, I need a few of you guys to come and help build a Christian school in Bourbon. Well, the Lord stabbed me right in the heart and says, you're going. After about 14 mission trips to Africa and Ecuador and Dominican Republic, I can honestly say that it is a good thing to give to the poor and help them out, either building buildings are helping him grow food. That is what the Lord has had me do. Proverbs eleven twenty five talks about a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Now this verse, I think of my mother, because I had to leave school when I was young. My dad died. I had to help mom keep the farm. In so doing. I was watching my mother all the time. I didn't get to high school. We didn't have much, but she had a big garden. She was always giving things away. And yet, we never were short. We always had plenty. So this verse really fit my mother. And I think Frieda Schmidt will agree that mom was a generous person. Because she knew mom. And... uh, I can honestly say that by helping others, you will be rewarded. Just recently, the Lord spoke to me. uh, You need to go and help Adam and the crew at uh, Ray of Hope. Never been there before. Didn't know why. But we had been lacking in rain. And I said to the Lord, we need rain. But, uh, you know, it wasn't happening. But anyhow, I helped out at the Ray of Hope. Within one day... We had an adequate rain, lots of rain. The Lord refreshed our crops, and he blessed me for going to Ray of Hope. I'm sure he did, and I have said that. So don't forget, the Lord blesses you when you bless others.
0: Thanks, the Lord. Thanks Dan. I have watched, and I haven't seen anybody fall asleep yet this is so inspiring and so helpful. These tidbits of wisdom. We could share a lot of knowledge, but it's wisdom that applied to that knowledge and brought about results. Now we're going to call on Marilyn Sheward, and she's going to come and she's just going to sit on her chair right down here and uh, be able to share with you what the Lord has brought to her attention.
6: First, I want to tell you the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, and wisdom is not putting it in your fruit salad. (laughs) So I want to talk to you about a verse that's very special to me. Uh, I've written it out so I can try and stay on time. Um, It's from Psalm 5 and verse 3. And I've asked to put it up here because I'd like to take the verse apart a little bit. So it says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait expectantly. And I discovered this verse some years ago, and it really struck a chord in my heart. I now start my prayer time with this verse every day. And uh, what kind of wisdom did I learn from this verse? It allowed me to walk out my life each day knowing that God is watching over me. So um, let's break it down. The first thing it says there is in the morning. And so how often does morning come? Every day? Every day. Uh, Is morning ever too busy to show up? Nope. Uh, is it ever inconvenient for morning to come to us? Nope. It's every day without fail. And when in the day does morning come? It comes before afternoon. It comes before night. So I've taken that to mean that that's my time. Before I do anything else, I prepare for whatever lies ahead for me that day by cozying up to the Lord in the morning. And the next thing we see here, Is that God hears. We're not speaking into the wind. Even though it may feel like that at times. The creator of the universe is listening. He's listening and he's hearing. He's not only hearing. But what's he hearing? He's hearing my voice. That's the most exciting part of the verse for me. God knows my voice. He knows me And you know what? I think some days he's going, that's my girl. That's my girl. He recognizes me as a father recognizes their child. And it's repeated again in the morning. It says again, every single morning. And did you hear that? The next part, it says, I lay my requests every morning. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my family. Every morning I remind the Lord before I pray for people here or many other people, I remind the Lord of Psalm 103 because that gives me confidence in my heart that he's going to do what I'm asking him to do. And I say, praise the Lord. Praise my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord and forget not all his benefits. What does he do? He forgives all your sins. He cleanses all your diseases. He he delivers you from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. So just in that verse, the Lord tells me that there's salvation, there's healing, there's redemption, there's blessing for me. So I don't store these requests in my head so I can worry about them. I lay them down before a loving, caring God. And what's next in that verse? It says, wait. Now that's the hard part for me. I'm a fixer. And sometimes God speaks immediately. Not every morning, but sometimes. And I'll just give you an example of how sometimes God will speak to me. This is just from Thursday. Don and I have been thinking about words spoken over us in the past and why they're dormant or why they haven't been resurrected because a resurrected God is living in us and on Thursday morning I was praying about that and as I prayed that the Lord would give us passion in our lives I saw a small river or more like a stream flowing but it was coming from around rocks and debris there was even some old fallen branches in the way I felt the Lord say that there's some cleaning that needs to happen before there's a strong and steady flow. Remove those rocks, clear away the broken branches, and the stream will be able to flow fresh and clear. So that's how God sometimes speaks right away. There's other times he doesn't speak so quickly. I was born with spinal muscular atrophy. So I prayed for years for my healing to be manifested. And I know he's going to do it. I just don't know when. So I wait. And the last word in there is expectantly. And I looked up to see what that word means. And it means with an exciting, excited feeling that something is about to happen. Especially something good. So every morning I come to my father and I give him all my stuff. Sometimes I drag it back and I'm able to go about my day knowing that the Lord knows what this day holds for me and expecting that he will get back to me at the right time. I just feel a check in my spirit. I believe that there's many here that have a word buried inside you. It could be a word that's been spoken over you years ago that you know was real. It may be a word that the Lord has dropped into your heart and you don't know why god is not moving but god is moving you need to open your heart to that word resurrect that again ask the lord call that word out in your life and ask the lord how he wants you to move you have to do something too and for us we're just trying to say lord use us move those words were real and I believe that there's many here today that may be in the same boat that we are. Ask the Lord to stir that up in your heart. And maybe after the service, if you want prayer for that, then someone will pray with you to have that vision revived in your life, that word stirred up, that power resurrected that you once moved in. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for what he has just shared with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Back in January of 1952, Frieda Schmidt first came to this church. She's been here all this time. Now, we have her grandson, taped her on a video. And we're going to watch Frida for the next eight minutes as she shares wisdom from a life of experience.
7: Uh, My name is Frida Schmidt and uh, most of you, you know me but for some of you that don't know me and my background, I'll just fill you in that I was Born in Poland, in a Christian home, and it was in a German village, and uh, I cannot go in all that because I have only three minutes. So just want to say that uh, we had a farm, but we lost everything over the night while the war was on, and so I grew up with prayer. And I had a praying mother that always was there for us kids and uh, help us in need. I remember many a times that we are in serious trouble, but we always, the Lord helped us to get out of it, and I know that prayer helps. It doesn't always help the way we want it or answering at our time, but He always does answer prayer. I learned a lot over the years, and um, my main thing is that whatever I did, the Lord was always with us. We learned that in our hard days and war years, that whatever happened, He was with us and, and protected us. And so, I'm so thankful that I could come over here to the nice country of Canada and i know that i'm not a speaker and i'm very not good at this but i got about three minutes to tell you a little bit more about my life for me the bible is the main thing that i live by i didn't always since i uh, i when i married a farmer we were so busy we never really had time for or didn't take time to read the Bible. Prayer we did. I did every time when I get to bed or when I get out of bed and in between. And I always could see that whatever happens, the Lord was with me. And to this day, I find when I, when I have an appointment, doctor or anything, I ask the Lord to go ahead of me and plan my day. And I found that works so much better than when I'm trying to plan. And I always had a and still have a bad habit of trying to work out things and plan it ahead and what I want to do. And then I read in the Bible, it says not to worry, that's a sin. And for us to trust Him and also... The more we worry, the less God helps us. So if we let him take over, uh, it works much better. And I've seen that answered over and over. And I wish I would have known all those things a long time ago. It would have made life easier. I uh, have a lot of hymns that I just love. And the one is, Trust and obey, for there is no other way but to be happy in Jesus, to trust and obey. And that's what it's all about. We have to believe and we have to trust and obey too. And the Lord asked us to ask for things, but we have to remember to thank him too, not just ask and take and not give anything back because he wants to hear from us, and he wants also us to ask him. He knows our lives, and he knows what we're all about, but he still wants to keep in contact with us. Uh, Since I'm getting too old to remember where to find all the scripture, my favorite verses, every time I read about something, I write it in my little book, and then I put down where to find it. And there's so many of them. all the promises the Bible gives us is just unbelievable. And here in Philippians 4, and my God will meet all your needs, not just some of them. In Psalm 73, 23, yes, I'm always with you. Isaiah 41, 13, for I am the Lord, uh, our God, who takes hold at your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And I find that in every book of the Bible nearly, it tells you that he'll take our right hand and hang on to it. And I'm trying to do that every day. And in 1 Peter 5, 7, it's casting all your care upon him for he cares for you and in Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, and give thanks in all circumstances, for all this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And Luke 1, for nothing is impossible with God. And there is John fourteen six. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I can go on and on, but I have only three minutes. So we'll go back to my favorite song that I uh, love is just one day at a time. And that's all the Lord promised for us, to take one day at a time, not to worry about tomorrow. And in that uh, song, it says, yesterday is gone, tomorrow may never be mine, So, Lord, give me the strength that I may do what I have to do today and also help me to to take one day at a time. And that sure goes for me because as we get older, it's pretty hard to plan ahead, too far ahead. And I love their song, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms of Jesus, because I have many tumbles and stumbles, and He's always there to watch over me, so I'm so very thankful for that. I would just like to really, for old and young, it doesn't matter who it is, reading the Bible is so, so important, because it tells us every day, what to do and what not to do, and it's our guideline, and He is so good to us, the Lord. And there are so many promises in in those verses. And then to close up today, I would like to say, uh, everybody knows um, what a GPS is, and I still like my map when I travel. But you know that we have a good for uh, uh, GPS that you don't need and not uh, anything else but your Bible. It tells you right in there how we can get to heaven. And I think we should really cherish this and try it every day in our lifetime. Lord really bless you all.
0: come ahead. You didn't know you had a GPS in your hand, did you? What a special word. Did you realize this morning how many persons have referred to the written word of God? Every verse that they've been sharing is from the written word of God. What are you building your life on? What is your life verse? What are the things that you have been standing, believing God for? What is it perchance that you have given up on? We were reminded. Marilyn said, there's been a word that you've received. Have you given up? Oh, no. Today. Let's go on. You've been invited many times to be reminded. God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Some of you think you've done something so bad, he just doesn't want you anymore. That's not true. That's not true. From all the wisdom that has been shared here this morning, these people are real people with lives just like yours. And God has walked with them through the valleys, on the mountaintops, because he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And some of you are figuring, are wondering, what will it take for me to see breakthrough? God says, don't give up. Don't you fear. Don't let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. He loves you dearly. And his plan, his plans are good plans because he's a good, good father. So that's why we prayed, may the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you leave here today, may your life be changed and going in the direction of victory because that is what Jesus has for us he gained the victory and he's always leading you toward victory. Not to defeat, but always toward victory. And you go out that door, he only, he only has one word on his mind and that is victory. You will be victorious. So put your hand in his and let's see how God makes the way where there seems to be no way. I asked the worship team if they would just share that last song. Remember, we sang "Jesus Christ, my living, uh, my living hope." Hallelujah! Praise the one who set me free. I think it's time we praise the Lord because that's one of the first things that will give you victory. Begin to praise the Word, praise the Lord, and don't forget when you work, God rests. But when God works. You can rest. Cast all your care on you. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.